You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. We do not want to be ignorant this morning. So we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Jesus. Lord, we lift your name on higher. In the name of Jesus. Panimi asanta pa. Lord, we do not want to be ungrateful children. But we want to look at all that you have done for us. The road has been longer. The journey has been tougher. But God, you have kept us sure. Mandimi ashene menesketea. Batinimi abana manaskata. Mandoskapaya. Lebe descende pe libi asanda pa. Leikona manashanda pa. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. Mandimi ashanda pa. In the next two minutes, want to pray to God and pray that in this service we we'll encounter Him in the name of Jesus. We are praying that whatever word that comes to us today, that we will encounter God in the name of Jesus. Panamanasa. The Bible says in the book of Job, after Job had complained to God and said, God, why this? Why that? God replied to Job and said that, were you there when I created the universe? And then Job said that, I have heard of you by the ear, but now I see you face to face. In the name of Jesus, this morning, I want to pray to God that, God, I've heard about you. I've heard so many things, but Lord, today I want to see you. I want to encounter that thing that people have been saying. I have heard about this. I've heard about that. I don't understand, but I don't need to understand this morning, Lord. Just let me see. Just let me encounter. In the name of Jesus, Hamanashaya, Bapinimi Ashanda Pam, Brabada Shanda Pa, Libi Asaya, Mandoska Pa, Libi Ashanda Pa, Mandemelemena Shanda Pam, Mandoska Pa, Limi Asa, Mandinimi Ascenda Pelemeneskate. Lord, I want to stop seeing a theoretical point of view in the name of Jesus. Mandamanasaya, I want an experiential transformation in the name of Jesus. Hamanashaya, let me encounter you in this service. I'm 
teach us your word this morning. Lord, teach us your way. That Lord, when we stand to pray, we'll pray in your way, oh Lord. We'll pray by your word, oh Lord. Teach us your word this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. song of faith will we still acknowledge why he brought us out to reveal his son Jesus loves us in these times and seasons where hard times abound will our hearts still sing the song of faith. Will we still acknowledge why he brought us out to reveal his son Jesus in us? Fill my heart with you, Lord, cause you made me Overflow me, overflow me again. 
tell you i've been saying it for some time now but god is taking us through a certain series and it's important that you don't miss out on any aspect of the series because you never know you never know when that great encounter would happen which will completely turn your life around so please don't miss um any service and don't think any service is more important than the other whether we preach or we don't preach whether we pray or we don't pray god knows what he's about okay so um get involved those of you who are not those of you who are not reading your bibles your cases i don't know what to say uh, i think enough has been said uh, but there are some things that if you don't read your bible you will not understand what we are doing and you will always be lost I can only encourage you to read your Bible and take your Bible reading seriously. Take your personal time with God seriously. Your walk with God is not in church. Your walk with God really is in the world. Father, we thank you for this morning as we continue in this open forum, attempting to answer questions that are on the minds of many of us. We pray for your spirit's presence and we pray for humility and a teachable heart to learn from you. Use me and use anyone else in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, Uncle Moses, can we go straight to the slides? Um, can I disrupt us a little? How many of us here don't speak in tongues? Let me see. Don't be shy about this. You don't speak in tongues. Lift this up properly. Okay, can you stand for a moment? Let me see, please. You don't speak in tongues. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hey, why are they all here? Why are those here? All right. Please, please remain standing. Um, those in the front, can you please interchange places with these people? Okay, so you please come forward. Take a chair of anybody. Don't stand up yet. When, they, when somebody comes, then you go and replace the person. Okay. So the few, those of you standing, please come in front. And um, let's do this very quickly, please. So we have been 
considering our theme, understanding the language of God, the language of God, the language of God. One of the things that I have discovered about the in meditating on the language of God, one of the things that I have discovered is that when you are learning a language, you are completely ignorant of the language. You have no idea. And you need, no, don't sit there, please. Please come to the front. There are some other people. Please come to the front. The front you can exchange with some people in the front here. When you are learning a language, you are completely ignorant about the language. Sorry for the inconveniences, okay? But you want to bring some order at a certain stage of the service. You don't have any idea of the language. So it is those who teach you the language that you need to follow. For newborn babies, when they are learning a language, it's easy because they are ignorant of everything. They don't, they don't know anything. So the sounds they hear, the mannerisms that they see, they mimic. Initially, they don't even understand it, but they just mimic. And then after a while, they begin to understand what each syllabus means and what each word means. It takes time. You need to be in the presence of those who are teaching you the language. And like I said, it's much easier for babies. Now, for those of us who are old, when I say old, everyone here is old. So don't count yourself. I'm not talking about the very old. I'm talking of those of us who are not babies. And there's no baby in this room, right? So those of us who are older than babies, when we learn a new language, we always struggle. There's nobody who doesn't struggle learning a new language. And the reason is simple. You have already learned some languages that you have become very proficient in. So when you attempt to learn a new language, unconsciously, you learn the new language with understanding from the old language, and it gives you problems, all of us. I'm sure you have all heard about what we call uh, Ghanaian language, uh, our, our own our own English language. It is not the correct English. But because we learn how to speak English from our tree background or from our gar background, and so it messes up the new language that we are learning. I will now forget, when I was much younger, I went to uh, Apoetia for a program, and there were typical um, account-speaking people and it was very cold. And those days I didn't know account very well. And then one of them said, uh, cold, cold is inside power. And like, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand what she was trying to say until somebody interpreted and said that she, she was trying to say that our womb. But in English, we don't say cold is inside. You know? And there are many others like that. When it comes to our walk with God, we have been unbelievers for a long period. No matter how short it is, we have learned how to live a life without God, a life of rebellion, a life of independence, a life without God. So when we start walking with God, we always have 
problems because we try to understand God from our human perspectives. If you are in JHS, you understand God from your JHS little knowledge that you have. If you are in senior high school, you think that you have acquired some, a little more knowledge and you try to understand God, understand his language from your knowledge of SHS. And for those of us who have been in the university and more, we are even worse. We think that we have arrived and we think that we know it all. We think we have all the wisdom, we have all the knowledge. So we try to understand God. We try to put God in a jacket. And we try to insist that this is how life is. Beloved, if you want to understand the ways of God, there's no way we can do it without his word which reveals himself to us. And yesterday, those of who were here, we discovered that even our understanding of prayer is very obscured. We often come to God in prayer, God, give me this. Lord, I need this. He knows you need that even before you ask him. And he's more interested in a higher life, a higher calling to which he has called you. He wants you to understand that higher life, that higher language. But we are so consumed with the lower life, that which we see around. But the word of God says, when we seek him, he rewards us. He will not necessarily answer your prayer. But he will reward you. Well, too bad for those of us who were not here yesterday. So this morning, you want to continue with the questions that you have asked. I'll attempt to answer as many as we can. And uh, hopefully, if you have time at the end of the service, we'll pray for um, those of us who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and or do not speak in tongues. And... Um, for those of you, I want, I want your faith to rise up. I will not lay hands on anybody. Okay? Some of your friends, your own colleagues may come to pray with you. Okay? But I hope that you are all born again. Are you sure? Who is not sure that he's, she, he or she is born again? Those in front. There's no shyness about this. If you are not sure, you are not sure. Okay, who else? Who else is not sure? Who else is not sure? So can I do you an exam on being born again? Should I do you an exam on being born again? Will you pass? Hey. If you are sure, you, then you should be ready for exams. Eh, my brother, what's your name? I can't hear you. Gideon, are you sure you are born again? You are not sure? Oh, then why are you deceiving me? You two, are you sure? I'm very sure. Give me five. But, you see, what's the name? Mavis. Miriam, Miriam, come. The honky. Take your Bible and everything. Go to that sister at the back. Eh? Sister Eden. She'll help you and make sure you're born again. And to my friend who was not, is not born again, but he's pretending he's born again. Because everybody says they are born again. Gideon, please go to the back. Uncle Bishop, you see the one nodding his head? Go and see. He will help you to make sure you are born again before the service is over. Then we can pray with you. Because what we are going to pray for is a gift. It's a gift for those who are born again. If you are not born again, that gift is not for you. So, uh, don't. Please, if there's anybody who is still not sure, are you all sure, sure? 
All right, let's move on then. Understanding the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Move on, please. Somebody asked a question last week, which we attempted to answer, but um, this question is what has triggered all that we have done in the past few days, including yesterday's prayer meeting. Okay. How do I serve God? Moses, go ahead of me, and then I'll slow you down when I need to. It is said of David in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, that after David has served his generation, he died. After David has served his generation, he died. This is a summary of the life of David. And we know many stories about David's life. The exploits he did, the fight, his faith in God, his confidence in God, his battles with the king, his, his, his progress with the anointing of God and all that. But there's one aspect about his life which the scripture captures very well, that he served his generation. And after he served his generation, he died. Implying that we are alive because we are to serve our generation. And so long as we are alive, we are to be serving our generation. When we are finished serving our generation, God will take us away. Irrespective of your age. Now, serving your generation is one aspect of serving God. Service to God and to mankind. First Peter 4.10 says, Every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-sided, many-colored tapestry of God's grace. I pray that in this series we would understand the grace of God. The grace of God. We cannot live, we cannot do anything as Christians without this grace. 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 We've heard it so often. But I pray that God will open our eyes to understand what grace really is. For example, if you have a speaking gift, speak as though God was speaking his words through you. If you have the gift of seven, do it passionately with the strength that God gives you so that in everything God alone is glorified through Jesus Christ. For to him belong all the power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, what does it mean to serve? To serve simply means to do something for somebody, to work for somebody. So, serving your generation means working for your generation. Serving God means working for God. That is why we encourage you to join a department and do something in the church. It's not only in church that we serve God. We serve God in the church and we serve God outside of the church. We are not talking about spiritual gifts, but we realize that many of the spiritual gifts are used outside of the church. Very few spiritual gifts are really needed in the church. I mean used in the church. We come to church to be equipped, to, to receive skills, to, to be trained in the knowledge of God and in the giftings of the Holy Spirit that will be empowered to go out into the world where the real work of God is that will work for God. So if you don't read your Bible, there's no way you can understand working for God. There's no way you work for God. You have to read to know what is there. So serving God means that working for God. 
And one of the primary things that we learn about working for God, serving God, can be found in Romans chapter 12. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Bible says that is your reasonable service. Present your body to God. Because your body doesn't belong to you anymore. My friend, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Yes or no? Then I prefer you raise your head, okay? We have been bought, we have been purchased, we have been redeemed. It caused God to redeem us. So the reasonable thing we can do for God is not to present us and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Use me in any way. Send me where you want to send me. Make me do what you want me to do. If you understand the work that Christ did for us, this is how we live. The Bible says this is our reasonable service to God. Please, all those of you who buy buying down your hairs, if if you are not sick or there's nothing wrong with you, please lift up your head. It's very, it's very. Uh, okay, I'll use the words, but it's some way when you are talking to people and then they are they bow down their head before you, okay, unless you are not feeling well. And if you are not feeling well, please see a facilitator for help. Okay. So. That is our reasonable service to God. Our service to God includes living a life that ministers to other people, that speaks to other people of their sin and their need for God in their lives. So, if you are living your life and you are conforming to the things that the world does, the way you dress, the way you talk, the kind of things you do, the way you move with boys and girls, the way we handle money, you are doing all these things like the way the world does it. You are not serving God. You are not being reasonable. If you think you are serving God, that service is not reasonable. Next slide, please. Why should I pray in tongues? I think we've answered this question so many times. Those of you who missed service yesterday, too bad. Are tongues manufactured by the mind as a result of the Holy Spirit? I attempted to answer this question indirectly earlier on, a few minutes ago. Who remembers what I said? I said something about learning a language. When you try to learn a new language with the backlog and things that are following you that you know already, it always affects you. And this happens to all of us. So, whoever asks this question, it's, it's, it's normal. But tongues are not manufactured, number one. Your mind is not involved in speaking in tongues, number two. But yes, it's a result of the Holy Spirit. But your mind is not involved and uh, you don't manufacture it. You have nothing to do with it. All you have to do with it, and those of you sitting in front, listen to me very carefully. All you have to do with it, like I said earlier, Lord, here am I, use me. Open your heart, open your faith, put your faith in God, and open your mouth and speak. How can I speak something that I don't know? That is our challenge. 
The Bible says in Acts chapter uh, 2, is it 2? Yes, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They received the promise that Jesus had made, even though they didn't understand. And the Bible says they began to speak. They haven't learned any language, though. Their mind was not manufacturing anything. Their mind didn't even understand what was going on. But the Bible says they began to speak. They begin the speaking. They do the speaking. As I'm talking to you now, I choose to speak English. I have learned English. I know some small gun. I can stop speaking English when I begin to speak gun. I can stop speaking English and begin to speak tree. I can stop speaking English now and begin to speak the holy language that many of you get confused. I'm not talking about tongues. I'm talking about speaking every, the proper language. You can describe your own in any way you like. But the Bible says that they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So that is how the Holy Spirit gets involved. It's a combination of you speaking but the Holy Spirit giving you the words and the utterance. The challenge that many of us have, I had it for several days, is where are the words going to come from? How do I know whether these words are not from me? I've already told you, it's not your, your mind is not divorced. So how can it be from you? It cannot be from you. You cannot be imagining it. And the devil always puts all kinds of thoughts in our mind. But this thing is from the Holy Spirit. You have to believe the Holy Spirit. That's why the belief is important. The Holy Spirit gives the utterance and you speak out. Look, when I got born again and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I received the baptism in a very strange way. You know, for the first time, you know, I've been fasting and praying for it and nothing was happening. I mean, but I was believing God, praying. And then one day we went for an all night and the all night is stretched. And it's, so those of you who like structured services, one of, okay, no, let me not digress too much. So, normally the all-night service, the first uh, one to two hours is uh, praise and worship, and then after that, there's a, a short prayer, then the leader comes to teach. And that day, immediately, somewhere halfway in the prison uh, in worship, the leader just came and said, I was going to pray for the Holy Spirit baptism. And I said, oh God, today I did it fast. So I had ruled myself out. But as I were praying for the people, I can't even remember whether hands was laid on me or the leader came to pass in front of me. I can't remember what happened. The next I knew, I became so light. I don't know what happened to me. Before I knew what was happening, I was on the, I was on the floor. And throughout the all night, I didn't know what happened. I was on the floor. When I woke up, it was a little embarrassing. Because when I woke up, the honor had ended. Most people had gone home. And a few of the elders came to, I don't know whether they tapped me. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't in a trance. But I don't know what happened. I don't need to know. So don't try to understand why people fall. Under the why is that mean that I don't fall? What happens when you fall? Just open up to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he wants to do, be, trust him to do it. So when I woke up, I mean, one of the leaders... No, was in court trying to force me to speak in tongues. I said, Abba, this man, what's wrong with him? He was insisting that I spoke in tongues. So he was trying to encourage me to speak in tongues. Moses, you have a challenge. Eh? 
the screen is off. He was trying to help me to speak. I said, I don't know. I didn't speak in tongues. He did all he could. I'd close my mouth. I said, I won't speak. So, finally, he did something rather unorthodox. I'll not tell you what he did because I don't recommend it. It's not scriptural, but it helped me to speak in tongues. But then began my another challenge. I didn't believe I had spoken in tongues. And he was excited. I said, yes, that is it. That is it. So when you go home, just go and continue. How can I continue something that I don't believe in? So he prayed with me. I went home that afternoon. I locked myself in my room. And I prayed in tongues. Ah. When I finished, I said, no, no, this one is not tongues. It's my mind. It's, not, it's me. It's not, it's not tongues. Saturday afternoon, the same thing. Sunday morning, the same thing. Uncle Moses, you have a challenge here. The same thing. Then, that, that weekend, uh, Archbishop Benson Idahosa had a program in Accra. And so, I was there for the program. And then, during the program, at the beginning of the program, he walked in with the song, the praise and worship song. Why, Charlie, that guy... It's on different levels. Look, when the guy passed by me, some anointing that wrapped over me, and then during that time of praise and worship, I spoke in tongues. At the end of that service, I knew that I spoke in tongues. And that was the beginning of my breakthrough. But for about two days, I struggled with the reality. Is this real or is it me? So, look, when you go through this, that's why we have this kind of forum to answer and address your issues, okay? But, um, look, just trust God, believe him. It's, it's a different field for you. It's a new area of faith. We all went through it. So, if you go through it, don't worry. It's normal. But get out of it very quickly by faith, okay? Even, look, let me tell you this. There are many other things in life that you need faith. Uncle Moses, can somebody get a mic and help you read the questions out to me so that we go faster on this? So, look, look. if you want to get into the prophetic, you think it's easy to just come and stand here and start saying things that people, nobody knows, that you yourself you don't know. It takes faith. The same faith it takes to speak in tongues. It takes faith to make a declaration. You don't know somebody, God tells you something about the person... Or God tells you to go and do I mean, how can you do it? So these are all areas of learning to use um, our faith. Okay? So when we get there, don't give us trouble. Okay, speak. All right? Will you speak? Speak and make things easy for us. This is, we had it behind the mark, so we, we don't know whether you are speaking or you are, or you are not speaking. It stands compulsory for every Christian. Do people go into a spiritual realm, into the spiritual realm, or instead faint when they fall under the anointing. I don't know. Whatever it is, it is God. So if you, if you have it to be blessed, just thank God for it. If you don't have it to thank God for what he has given you and move on. Don't be worried about these type of things. It stands compulsory for every Christian. No, the Bible doesn't say it's compulsory. But it's beneficial. Paul says that I wish that you all spoke in tongues. And if Paul says it, I will, I will seek it. 
tongues comes with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's part of it. So you cannot say you want the baptism but you don't want tongues. If, 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 if that is your case, that is up to you. It's not compulsory, but if I were you, I would seek it. There are great benefits in it. Okay? The Bible says when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself, you build up yourself. It is the only spiritual gift that is selfish, self-centered. Praying in tongues. That is the only gift that is for you alone. It's the only gift that serves you. Every other spiritual gift is for other people. Other people will be blessed. Other people will be edified. But before you can edify other people, you need to edify yourself. So if I were you, I would seek it. I would, I would ask God, if, if I'm not even very convinced, I would ask God to convince me. But I, I, tend, I can tell you from experience, it's highly beneficial. Okay? It stands the only language of the spirit. I don't know where this technology came from. We use it in charismatic circles. The, the, the language of heaven, the language of the Holy Spirit, um, spiritual language. We use all kinds of terminologies. Please, they are all terminologies. They are not necessarily biblical. Okay? I wouldn't condemn it. I wouldn't criticize it, but they are not necessarily biblical. Tongues is a language. If I even use some modern translations, they don't use the word tongues. They use the word languages, other languages. Now, there are different types of languages. The Bible talks about, in the first Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about the language, of, if I speak in the language of men and of angels. So, there are languages of men. There are languages that exist on this earth. And then there are also languages of heaven. Maybe because we talk about languages of heaven, that's why people refer to them as the languages of uh, God, the language of angels. That's why people say it's the language of heaven. But the Bible says the language of men and also the language of angels. So when you speak in tongues, you may be speaking the language that angels speak. You may. Or you may be speaking another language that you have not learned, but a language that exists on the earth. For example, you may be speaking German, you may be speaking French. You may be speaking Chinese. And I can tell you from some of the experiences that I've had, when sometimes when you speak languages, sometimes God allows this. Like it happened on the day of Pentecost, when the Bible says, how come these people, there are people from Lashibi, how come we are hearing them speak Aigbe, and the Aigbe they are talking is heavy, heavy, heavy duty Aigbe. And they're declaring the works of God. And I can tell you from my experience and exposure, it's not biblical, so don't go and quote me anywhere, but it's an experience that I've had. When people sometimes speak other languages, no languages but the people that are around, I tell you, the kind of language they speak is high class. I'll never forget an experience we had when we were praying for the Holy Spirit baptism for a group of illiterate uh, uh, adult ladies when we were young. When one of them began to speak in tongues and she began to speak English. We, the university students, we couldn't even understand the English. High class English. By the way, so the tongues is a language, and it's, langu- it's a language of angels and also the language of men. Why don't we understand when we speak in tongues, yet we say it is our Christian language? Yeah, it is not Christian language, just a terminology. Why don't we understand? Because the Bible says we don't understand. 
Like I told you, when you are trying to learn a language, and I'm not referring to the language of speaking in tongues, I'm referring to the language of God. And the language of God is not necessarily words that we speak, but the life of God. When we try to learn the language of God, the way of God, the ways of God, the will of God, we cannot understand everything. Next year we'll be talking about demonology. And I can tell you, if God should open your eyes for 30 minutes to see demonic activities around you, you will faint. You cannot leave. You will faint. The demons that are hanging around you. But the Bible says that he causes his angel spirits to keep watch over us. That will not strike our foot against a stone. Angels, are, our guardian angels are always at work. God always sends even human agents to help us, to protect us. And we don't know how he does it. But we should trust him. So, when we speak in tongues, the Bible says we don't understand. The Bible says our minds are not involved. So, don't expect to understand. And that is the problem we have. We want to understand because... Which language don't you, do we speak and we don't understand? But the Bible says this one you don't understand. You, you are building yourself. The Bible says you are building yourself. So have faith in the Bible and just simply build yourself. Those of us who are sportsmen, look, when the coach tells us to go jogging, do you understand the jogging? No, we don't. In fact, all sportsmen hate jogging. They don't like it. If you're a sportsman, you understand what I'm talking about. You don't, it's not pleasant. You joke, and by the time you come back, all your thighs are aching, all your muscles are aching, and it hurts. But the coach knows that you need it. Because you may have all the skills. And when you lose stamina on the field, your skills will not help you. God knows that in the day of adversity, we may fail. So he causes us to build capacity. God knows why he gave us this promise. God knows why he gave us this gift to build ourselves and to prepare ourselves for tomorrow. For some of you, when you start businesses and people come with you with all kinds of corruption links, you can't say no. This is the time for you to build capacity, build your spirit, man, be strong. Learn to live a holy life. Learn to live a life that you trust God. That when times are rough, you say, you can say to yourself, whether the tree blossoms or they don't, I will still serve God. For I know that my Redeemer lives. In death or in life, I choose to serve God. But it can only come from building capacity. Okay, so please, don't try to understand speaking in tongues the prayer language of praying in tongues. There's another aspect of um, uh, speaking in tongues. We often confuse speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. Sometimes we mix the two up, but they are not exactly the same. Praying in tongues is the prayer language that we receive when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when we pray in tongues, we edify ourselves. I asked you to read First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 to 14. I hope you read it. How many of us read it? You see now. Then I'll not even attempt to answer this question. Let me move on. 
Is it okay to sing worldly music that does not say anything bad about God? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. I won't say anymore. Okay. Why do people spay you with evil when you do something good for them? Uh, you are serving God. Uh, let them pay you for all the evil in the world. Which evil did they pay Jesus Christ? Don't try to understand it. Just live a holy life. Whatever follows, uh, accept it like that. Because the Bible says that with persecution, with difficulty, it doesn't happen to everybody, but it's happened to you alone. And the funny thing is that for some, the whole of Teen Chapel is not happening to them. And me alone, why? Don't try to understand. When it is over, when that season is over, when you have developed the capacity, when you have built yourself up and you are facing the issues of life, you understand why people did the evil to you. I was going to digress, but there are too many questions. The time is moving, so we need to move on. But while we are in this place, in Chapel, we build capacity in a lot of things. Those of you who are missing out on leadership school, you have no idea the capacity that you are refusing to build, whether it's by choice or otherwise. And not many years down the road, you begin to see the difference. Why do people treat you badly and treat others well? I don't know. How will you know that the Holy Spirit is on you or has descended upon you? When he does, you will know. You will know. I mean, look, you will know. Don't try to even, uh, don't try to know how he will come. But when he comes, you will know. And a very related question is that, how can I know how God speaks to me? You desire to hear him, and when he speaks, you will know. You see, our work with God is not about formula. If you learn formula, how things work, you, you fall into a trap, the same trap that I described earlier on of learning a new language based on an old language that you know. This is how the Holy Spirit falls upon people. This is how, the, even you, this is how the Holy Spirit falls upon me. That when you don't experience that thing, the Holy Spirit has not fallen upon me. But it can be very deceived. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. Look at the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. And it is so everywhere. In every ministry. The Bible says there are diversities of gifts and there are different kinds of operations. God can operate with, with you in many different ways. There was one time Jesus spoke and the person was healed. There was one time he told him, go and show yourself to the prophet. Another time he took saliva and made mud and then rubbed his face and said, go and wash. I mean, there are different ways. I mean, there are times you lay hands, there are times you speak, there are times you make a declaration, but don't put God in a jacket. The Holy Spirit does not come in one way. Have you seen how sometimes I talk with you? Sometimes I shout, right? Sometimes I appear, I appear a little hard. Sometimes I'm very nice. But some of you have only chosen to see the hard part of me. So when I'm being nice, well, you cannot see that I'm being nice. That is what we can easily do with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fell upon me, I shook, ah, then I fell. So when you don't shake, the Holy Spirit does not come. And when you pray for the Holy Spirit to come, you're waiting for the shaking, and the shaking doesn't come. 
At the end of it, say, oh, the Holy Spirit didn't come. Or for you, when the Holy Spirit came, you heard a loud, clear voice in your ears. Or you are very cold. The next time you are praying for the Holy Spirit, oh God, when is the cold coming? Lord, let the cold come. Let the cold come. The cold is not going to come. So don't, let's put God in a jacket. But we need to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to hear his voice. We need to learn to, you see, that, you see when he's leading you, he tells you this is the way. You hear a voice to your left, this is the way, walk in it. How he speaks to you, I don't know. The way God speaks to me is not the same way the God, way God speaks to Uncle Nicholas. It's not the same way that God will speak to Uncle Nana. It's not the same way that God will speak to Pastor Kuju. We are all his children. He speaks to all of us. He leads us by his voice. So we try to identify his voice, how he speaks to me as an individual. Okay. Why is it hard for people to understand you when you are preaching the word of God to them? I don't understand this question. I refer to me as Bijou or you as an individual preaching the word of God to other people. The first one. Or both. Who has the question? Even me as a scholar, okay, let me try to answer both. Okay. Why is that you find it difficult to understand me? Number one, maybe you haven't even prepared your heart properly. You didn't pray before coming to church. You didn't ask God to speak to you. Um, you just came. So you are not ready to hear God. So even an angel of God can come and stand here and speak to you because you're here. Even Jesus himself can come physically and talk to you here. Okay? And it will be hard to... But if you have a soft heart, if you have a willing heart, if you have a broken heart, if you are yearning for God, look, let even a GHS person come and stand here who doesn't even know English, let him talk, you will hear the voice of God. So, primarily, that is the main reason why when I speak or when a preacher stands here to preach to us, we don't understand or we find it difficult to hear. Now, another reason which goes for the second part of the question as well, is that, you see, they are evil spirits. They are demonic spirits that don't want you to hear the word of God. Or when you're preaching or witnessing to somebody, they are spirits that are working against you so that the person does not hear the word of God. Jesus described it in the parable of the sower. You know, they hear the word of God, but their heart is not soft, it's not ready. So quickly, the best come and take the seed. Once the seed is gone, that is the end of it. So, and that's why Jesus said, when you want to go into a strong man's house, you first have to bind the strong man. That's why we need to understand demonology. And we need to understand how you must bind evil spirit. Look, when you're going to witness to people, don't just get up and go. Those of you who have been doing organized witness, you see how we pray before we go. And you see how sometimes you go, and sometimes it's easy talking to some people, and for some other people it's more difficult. For those other difficult people, sometimes you have to come back and reinforce yourself. Pray about whichever spirits are holding them back, that are binding them. Okay, so, and that is, the, that is one of the reasons why Jesus gave us the gift of praying in tongues. Remember what he said, what I shared with you last week. Before he left, he says that, wait for the promise. When the promise comes, you will receive power. And you be my witnesses. You receive power to be witnesses. So you constantly need to activate this power. 
then we can fight against the forces that are hindering people from understanding the simple word of God. I will never forget when I got born again. When I got born again, I mean, I got born again in a very strange way. I was in the university, and it was on uh, Easter Good Friday, and a group of us unbelievers, all of us had our girlfriends with us. There was only one person who, hadn't, who, who, who was single at the time, I mean, in our midst. I think we were about five uh, couples, if you may call us couples. So we were in one of the rooms and we were chit-chatting. And then one of us, you know, that time too was uh, when there's something called missions. It's a, it's a season where once, once in every four years where they have a massive crusade targeted at students to hear the word of God at least once in their lifetime. So after chit-chatting and fooling around, uh, the one of them said, ah, why not let's discuss the Bible? I believe it's powerful. The one of us said, let's discuss Bible. Which Bible? Where do we know? We didn't know anything. So somebody brought uh, a certain booklet uh, for spiritual laws. We had only one. So we, all of us, about nine of us, we were going through the four spiritual laws, just going page after page. Then we got to a place we didn't understand. Nobody understood. I can't even remember what we got to. So one of us, ah, let's go and call one of these cliffhanger boys to come and explain to us. So we went, the first cliffhanger guy we, we, we met, we called him to come and explain what we didn't understand. And the guy was so excited. He was one of the executives of the uh, Christian Fellowship. And he asked us, how many of the books do you have? He said, we have only one. Oh, he rushed back to his room. He brought plenty. He gave everybody one. They said, let's start all over again. And he started. Spiritual law one. And God loved the world. Let's follow him. Yeah, do you understand it? But we're following. We're following him. And then, in fact, I can't remember what happened. Though. Then, we were all agreeing until we got to that point where we had to give our life to Jesus. Yeah, the whole place was quiet. Then one after the other, everybody started giving his life one by one, one after the other. I was the last. I said, me too, I'll give. Listen, when you go witnessing, we need to understand some dynamics of God. When I gave my life to Jesus at that time, I was the last but I was the most radical. Many of them, they went back. But I think, I think I'm still the strongest among that group of those of us who gave our life to Christ. So sometimes don't be discouraged when you meet initial opposition. I have plenty of questions on my mind. Um, I'm not good, I'm not, that's why I like to take time to answer questions. Plenty of questions. He asked whether I hadn't. I asked plenty of questions. He answered all of them. Um, I wasn't quite satisfied with all the answers, but then something happened in my life, and that's why I encourage you to read the Word of God for yourself. I started reading the Bible like it was a textbook. Nobody told me to. I can spend the whole night reading the Bible. Wake up the next morning. I said, "Wake up," because I was already awake. Guys, go and take my bath and go for lectures. I come back and I come and continue. And God taught me so many things personally. That is how I developed my personal Christian life and my radicalism. 
That is why in spite of all the experiences that I have had in life, I'm so successful. When I tell people that I failed my final exams, they, they don't believe it. But it's true. I failed my final exams in the university. Those of you who have been to the university understand this thing. So, finally, when I rewrote it, I was given a third class. If you know what third class is. Third class is not considered anywhere. Nobody should go to university and go and get third class. In fact, some of us, even when we get second class lower, we are shy of the second class lower. True or false? But because of my focus in the word of God and on spirituality, when I meet people of all classes, be first class, multiple, multiple uh, doctorate degrees, whatever you are, what we are talking, wisdom past wisdom. I talk with people in the corporate world globally. And when they talk, they want to hear my voice. They want to hear what I have to say. I've told us before that there was a time in the manager meeting that my MD said that, look, it's very difficult to not to believe what Uncle Biju has. What's Uncle Biju? What Biju says. There have been many times where different MDs, not even the same MD, will call me and ask my opinion on certain issues. And that should be our life. That should be our Lord. If we learn to hear and listen to the voice of God and activate the power that God has given us through these giftings. We excel academically. We excel socially. We excel in our marriages. Wherever we go, we would excel. And the reason for this excellence is to be an effective witness to the world. I feel strongly like digressing. But let me control myself. Maybe we'll leave that for another day. But many of us are going to get into all kinds of fields. Some of us are going to get into politics. Some of us are going to get into business. Go into business as a prophet. Go into marriage as a priest. Be a professor and be an evangelist. That is what it means to serve God with all that you have. Life is not about making money. It's not about marrying, having children, and living a comfortable life. That is not the life. But when you serve God with all your heart, when you focus on his word and you're led by his spirit, and you build capacity, those blessings will become a blessing to other people. God told Abraham, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing to many generations. Your blessing is meaningless unless it's linked up with the blessing of other people. Our life is to live to be a blessing to others. How do you get the gift of delivering people if you have prayed for a long time? Just believe the word of God and act. First of all, make sure yourself you are delivered. Okay, decide to live a pure life. Choose to live a good life. Choose to live a life of the Bible. Choose to do your quiet time regularly and so on. Choose to stop those bad habits. Those corners you have been hiding, the things that you're doing, the boys and girls in the corner. Just decide that you're going to stop. Choose to do what is right. You may find it difficult, but take a decision and ask God to help you. 
That's when you experience personal deliverance. And when you are delivered, you have the power and the moral right to deliver other people. You cannot deliver people when yourself you are not uh, delivered. Why don't I fall down? When I die, where will I go? Even though I'm a Christian, will I stay in the grave and wait for God to come before he judges? Or I'll go straight to heaven? I'll leave this question for another time when we talk about demonology and we talk about death and uh, we talk about different types of life. Okay. There are different types of life. We'll talk about that later on. Okay. So let me leave that for now. What do I do when I get obsessed thinking about boys and nothing seems to work stopping? When I try to stop it, it counts more. I'm just tired. You are not, you are not alone. You are not alone. A couple of questions that I would ask. Um, if it is bothering you badly, I beg you, see a facilitator and talk one-on-one -on -one because some of the things I may say may be general and may not necessarily affect you. Those of us laughing, we are laughing as if we don't go through that problem. All of us go through Even the facilitators, we go through it. We go through it. Facilitators are lie. We go through it. Look, you have eight minutes more. But Carlos might delay a little. Uh, no, let me leave this one, please. I beg. Let me leave this one. We'll talk about leadership school. But one, spend more time in the word of God. Read the word of God aloud. Spend more time in prayer. Okay? Pray in tongues a lot and pray aloud. Don't pray inside you. Um, get involved in activities. You know, the Bible, not the Bible, but it is said that the devil finds work for the idle mind. When your mind is idle, the devil always brings thoughts. It doesn't mean that when you are spiritual, he doesn't bring thoughts to When you are spiritual, he brings higher thoughts. When Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, that was when he had the greatest temptations, which is recorded in the Bible. And don't think that this your struggle with boys and girls will end when you get married. You hear me? So learn self-discipline now. Learn to do the right things. Learn to focus on the right things. Look, I wish you would think about boys and girls like the way you think about your books. Like math should not be a problem for you. Make sure your mind is not idle. Fill it with stuff. Spiritual stuff. Academic stuff. Discussions with friends. Normally this is happen when you are alone. You struggle a lot more when you are alone. So avoid being alone. No, what the kind of things that you watch on your phones, on the TV, everywhere, the kind of books that you read. You cannot read romantic books and then one you start having these thoughts and then you blame who? Okay? But there could be a lot more to it. I strongly recommend that you see any facilitator. That's why we are here to help you. Look, we have gone through it and we are still going through it. Yeah. But at least we've learned some principles that help. So please see a facilitator. Why do I have... What? Why... Why, why do I do, or what do I do when I have sexual feelings for the opposite sex? How do I stop it? 
put all the things I've said earlier on together. You see, when your mind, you see, what you are doing is you are meditating. You are meditating on sexual things. Meditate, send that same meditation to other things. Okay, I think I've said a lot about this already. How do I activate the attitude of prayer? I wish you were here yesterday. Do manifestations during outpourings have to be emotional? If yes, how are those manifestations different from fanatism? We are, we'll talk a lot more about this when we talk about demonology, but we are human beings. We are made up of um, spirit, soul, and the body. Okay? This body is just a tent. It's just a house containing us. Our real self is our spirit. And then we have a soul. Soul is made up of our mind, our will, our mind, and our emotions. So we are emotional beings. So life is about emotionalism. Nobody can say that he's not an emotional being. Even the, the, the quietest people are emotional. Let's go and see you on the school park and see whether you're not an emotional person. Let's see you with your friend that you haven't seen in a long time. You may be very quiet, but suddenly you become emotional. We are emotional people. So, when spiritually we become emotional, it's, it's not abnormal. But some are more emotional than others. Some cry, some laugh, some jump, some shout, and some are quiet, fine, but we are emotional. So, emotionalism affects every area of our lives. So, doing spiritual manifestation, you can also get emotional. There's nothing wrong with them. How is that different from fanatism? Fanaticism. I would say that if, don't even bother about that word. Just get involved in the word. Okay? If people decide to describe you as a fanatic, that is up to them. People describe David, his own wife described him as being too fanatic. I can't have his behavior like that. That's up to him. But you see, when you talk about fanatism in Christianity, it may be linked to people who are unnecessarily emotional without roots in the word of God. But if your emotionality is based on the word of God, be as emotional as ever. You can roll on the floor, no big deal. But if you are rolling on the floor because you see other people rolling on the floor, so you should roll on the floor so that people know that you are spiritual. You are being a religious fanatic and you are deceiving yourself. And that is why you shouldn't be too focused on the falling down and those things. People cry, you don't cry, so what? Are you the same as me? Me, I cry a lot. I remember when my father died during the church service. We were worshiping God, and I, mean, I was deep in worship, and I was, I was, tears were flowing down. And people thought that I was mourning my father. And then some people came around me trying to comfort me. I said, These people, me, I'm in the spirit. Look at you. <laughs> you know. So we are, we are different, okay? Does God know our mind? Did He know Adam and Eve will sin against Him? This question. Look, leave God to himself. Let God be God and let man be man. The Bible tells us that God is omniscient. He knows everything.
everything. There's nothing that is hidden from him. In fact, the more you try to understand some of this, if you're, if you're not careful, you go mad. When I was young, I used to have this kind of thoughts. God, God's life must be very boring. Oh, yes. I mean, that's how I, I thought. He knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows I will sin. He knows when I sin, I will repent. He knows I won't repent. He knows I will go to hell. I mean, so, what is there to surprise God again? What kind of life is that? We are thinking as a human being. You know the video we showed here some time ago? God leads outside of time. He lives outside of space. He's God by himself. Leave him to be God. How many times did the cock crow when Peter denied Jesus Christ? Abba, go and read the Bible. Why were the hearts of the scribes and Pharisees hardened against Jesus Christ when they saw all the signs and wonders he did and all his teachings? You, the small, small signs you are seeing in Teen Chapel, why is your heart so hard to read the Bible you won't read? Come for prayer meeting, you won't come. Okay, so just look at their life and then look at your own life. Okay, one of the things that God uses to speak to a lot of people is when they look at the Israelites. They say, Ah, these Israelites were stubborn. If all the good things that God did for them, see how they can rebellion against God. God has used these stories to speak a lot of unbelievers who try to critique the Bible and the process go born again. When you look at things like this, look at your own life. In our local parlance, it is said that when you see that somebody's beard is on fire, run and go and get a cup of water ready just in case your beard also catches fire. Some ladies, you don't have beard, so maybe your hair. (laughs) Okay. The Bible was made a very long time ago and was made by a lot of people. How do you know if the Bible has not been altered? It's another question which comes up for people who critique the Bible. Listen to me. I once heard somebody say, even if the entire Bible was distorted and just one page was valid, I would still believe in God. The Spirit of God has a way of speaking to us, getting us to know what he wants us to hear. So you may get a distorted Bible. The the, the truth is that it, it is not distorted. When you choose to study it, you will see that so-called distortions or alterations are not exactly distortions or alterations. Students of look at the rules of literature shows that the Bible is more authentic than any other book written in this world. If you look at the time that it was written, the number of copies that there are, and so on and so forth, this, this, is, this is secular analysis. It's got nothing to do with spiritual analysis. The devil will always bring all these kind of thoughts to us and make us choose to doubt the Bible. That is his aim. He wants you to doubt the Bible and the focus is to challenge your faith that you don't put your faith in God. So, if you want to confirm this for yourself, choose to study, do see your study on the Bible for yourself. And let God speak to you. It stands a language because according to Acts 2, 7 to 8, it says they heard them speak in their own native language. I think I answered this question already. Why is it that the Bible is kind of boring? Why is it that in the Old Testament, God was looking like wicked and killing people? Again, 
the more you read, the more you understand. Okay, I will not attempt to answer this question. It appears so, but it's not exactly so. How do you balance school work with spiritual work because it's hard? It is not hard. It is not hard. Set your priorities. Set your priorities. This year we have been debating because the senior high school students didn't encourage me enough. We normally have a leadership school for JHS students and then we look at this type of topics. But uh, the attitude of the senior high school graduates has not encouraged me to go out with the JHS. So, even I'm your observer, you don't realize it. JHS graduates, church workers meeting, where you come. You started growing homes because you have finished, you have done what? You have done BEC. BEC is just nursing school. Why do people fake the anointing? I don't know. <laughs> Why do people discern whether the prophet is fake? The Bible says that by their fruit, you will know them. Watch their character. Watch their doctrine. Examine what they say and what they do with the Bible. That is why you must read the Bible. Know the Bible so you are not deceived by any wind of doctrine. Are, all, are prophecies always fulfilled? There are different types of prophecies. Prophecies which are a foretelling ought to be fulfilled. But again, you need to be a good student of the Bible to understand different types of prophecies. There are, multi- there are prophecies with multiple fulfillments. There are prophecies that their fulfillment, fulfillment are not all in the same time zone. Part of it could be fulfilled today and part of it could be fulfilled tomorrow. A very typical one, in, we hear a lot of it during this Christmas period, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, and a virgin shall give birth to a child. It, it refers to Jesus Christ, but at the same time, it refers to somebody in the time of Isaiah. You know, even this, this prophecy about the Holy Spirit baptism, and the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you're, if, you read, if you read the scripture, it talks about some things that has already happened and some things that are yet to happen in the future. On the day of Pentecost, did you see the, the sun standing to uh, 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 blood? No, but that is part of the prophecy. So, uh, this prophetic thing can be a little confusing. Just be a good student of the Bible. Start with the elementary ones that we are asking you to do. And then gradually we will begin to understand some of this better. Don't try to do university stuff when you are still in day nursery. Okay? Go at your own level. Please, Adam and Eve were the first human beings. Cain killed Abel. Cain went to another land and married another woman. Where was that woman coming from? <laughs> another of those questions that we often ask. You know, there are huge time gaps in the Bible. Huge time gaps. When we, when we look at demonology, we'll, we'll try to address some of these time gaps. You see, the Bible is silent on so many things. And the, the, the root of these questions is to discredit the Bible. Does the Bible tell us when Cain found the woman? How many years it took for Cain to find that woman? How old was Cain when he died? How old was Adam when he died? I'll not answer the question. I'm, I'm throwing questions at you to make you think. So that when people ask you some of these silly questions, you, you understand them from the, from the point they are coming from. God 
No, let me know if you are known. It's okay. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Let's That's the last question there. Okay, then let me just say a few things about it. Then we pray for the, uh, our friends. You see, there are time gaps in the Bible. Bible is very clear. And Jesus emphasized it. That in the beginning, God made Adam and Eve. They were the first and only human beings. But in reality... Ah, what do I start things? I will not finish. Let's wait for demonology. So don't miss any of the demonology classes, okay? But Adam and Eve produced and produced and produced. And where were their children staying? Where did their children stay? See, I caught you there. Who did uh, Cain's brothers marry? Those who like asking these type of questions, I'm asking you the questions. In the beginning, because there were no other human beings, God allowed brothers and sisters and cousins to marry, to populate the world. And Adam and the wife to the yes kept producing and producing. And pro- we don't know how many children Adam and Eve had. I can imagine they had hundreds of children. I don't know. It's not stated in the scripture. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Precious Redeemer and free.